0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Another day of incredible entertainment at Euro 2020 as Spain beat Switzerland in a penalty shootout and Italy with a 32 match unbeaten run incredible as they beat belgium we got heath pierce to discuss and of course a little bit on saturday's action que golazo begins right now hey everybody welcome to que golazo on this friday euro 2020 my man heath pierce hp it's been a while how are you
2: I'm doing okay. I, you know, if anybody's watching this from a video front, I'm, I'm in the middle of a move. So I've left as many things at my old house as possible to make sure that, you know, there's something resembling the football world in my backdrop. So I got a, one, uh, one poster from my first time traveling abroad when I was 12 years old from the tournament I played in. And I got some uh, pictures of myself because, you know, vanity. So I can't complain. How are you, man?
1: I'm good, and congrats on the move, my friend, to you and your family. I know that we talked about it uh, back when we were in Denver. I know you got a lot of going on, so it's good to have you back. And by the way, HB will be with us uh, in July as well as the Gold Cup uh, continues. But we talk Euro 2020 today with Heath Pierce Friday, What? let's begin, man. Let's begin here with Spain beating Switzerland. Penalty shootout. Unbelievable. Switzerland, once again, after beating France in a penalty shootout, they returned to penalties. Jan Sommer, a tremendous goalkeeper, but fortune favored uh, Luis Enrique and his side. How'd you feel about that one?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was fortune. I think there was some luck involved there. I thought it was unfortunate for Switzerland. And I think Switzerland, by the way, are a great example. Um, and I've had a chance to play against Spain and Switzerland during my international career. But Switzerland are a team that don't have any huge stars, right? They've got some good players um, and quality players that play at big clubs, but they don't have any huge stars, but they have this ability to, when you talk about Switzerland, you don't, you kind of give them an underdog status, but when you watch them, they just sort of have this fight and grit to them where they just don't ever give up. And I think there's an internationalness to this. And, you know, I know that you, you're you watching, you um, you are watching uh, the Copa America right now and I know that there's you know the style Literally of play right down there now
1: I'm watching as you're talking correct yeah
2: and and the style of play down there you see a lot of connective tissue between the countries culturally and the style of play whereas like you have teams in Europe and in the Euros that are like Switzerland that are just going to take the game the way the game gives you almost the way if you were to define international football you would look at a Switzerland in the way that they play right they're not super attractive they're not Necessarily possession based, they're not necessarily full of stars. They're not super attacking, but they've got good quality all around, and they are a unit. and And so games go on where there's long minutes, and they're able to stay in games. and I thought, you know, not to discredit um, anybody in this process, but I thought Switzerland were were one where it's like you take down France, you now had a chance to take down Spain a little bit. Uh, Unlucky with the with the red card and having to fight against that. Also, the fatigue that yeah, comes into these games. It was a harsh red, wasn't it? It was a harsh it, red. Yeah, it was. Yeah. What, what's your take on 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 the red? You think it was, you know, do you think there was enough of an edge to understand the referee giving a red red card there, or are you sort of black or white on that one?
1: I just think it's funny that in a day in, uh in the times of VAR, when the ref can you know kind of you know think to himself, all right, did I do the right decision? In this one, straight red, no, no questions asked, and we moved on and. I mean, listen. Like he he did obviously lose a little bit of control going down, and but I, I just think uh, I think it was a, a strong yellow. I don't know if it was a red. I, I thought it was harsh, but you know who am I who am I to say? I just think that in the day of B A R, you can go back and say if he if he would have checked himself in the screen again, maybe he would have given that straight red. It was it was pretty harsh, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I think it was harsh. It's one of those things where it's like the more times you watch it, the more you understand it. But like in real time, and also when you just watch it in like when you, it's it's like, and I know we've talked about this before. You go into the, the, the dog fights or whatever dog piles in, in the NFL, and you just see a lot of crazy things happening. When you break anything down into the slowest of slow motions, everything looks bad, right? Everything looks like, oh, he just brushed by. That's an, you know, another inch to the left or right. And that's a broken leg or an ankle. And so when, when, anytime you break it down into slow speeds, it just changes the dynamic of what the play was because it didn't look malicious. It was an intense challenge, but there was, yeah, it's just, I, I guess, you know, uh, to keep that thought short, I, I think it's it's harsh. It's definitely harsh. It's Especially harsh... In, the, in the context of, of the game at that moment, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. But regardless, it happened. And unbelievably, from the 77th minute, Switzerland played with 10 men after playing France all the way to the penalties. I just can't believe how amazing they did. Jan Sommer, of course, uh, tremendous uh, between the sticks, and they went all the way to penalties. I thought that Spain obviously they had more than 70% possession but they didn't control the game in many ways it was funny luis enrique kept saying listen the thing about switzerland is that when their plan a goes out the window they have like 10 other plans to rely on and you saw that the moment they went with 10 men they sat but they sat very well organized and they took and they were they were economizing with their possession meaning that they were very smart with it and that's why they took it to the penalties and it's a shame uh, that it, they went out like that. But you know, every Swiss fan should be very proud of what their team uh, achieved. No Granit Shaka as well, who by the way is amazing for Switzerland, uh, yeah. he appears.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and again, to go back to my earlier point, it, it's hard to put into words what it's like to play in these types of international games. And obviously I never played in the Euro, but I have played a game that's a consequence for the national team and against teams like Switzerland where on a day like today or on a day like them against France, their, their whole team are playing at, you know, if on a 10 scale, seven or eight, right? And that's extremely difficult. Nobody was poor. They were disciplined. They were covering each other. And, and you know, all, all the credit goes to them in, in, in staying patient. You know, the, the one game that I played against Spain, we did not have the ball the whole game. <laughs> but and you they, were fine they, with it. You knew it ahead of time. Yeah. It, yeah. But But the point I'm trying to make is you get to the 70th minute right? And you're coming off of uh, penalties against France. You're already fatigued. You get into the 70th minute, you go down a man against the best possession team in the world where now it feels like you're playing on a deserted Island in terms of the size of the field, right? Of just that discipline to say, Hey, sit back, we're going to get one or two more chances, or we're going to at least, you know, keep things, keep things even To, to do that. And to do that well is really hard, especially I remember getting to the 80th minute against Spain. And they ended up scoring. uh Javi scored in the 82nd or something like that against us. And it was away. It was in Spain. It was a late kickoff around like oh, 10 p.m. or something. Are the crazy. same
1: pitch as Xavi. Imagine. That. Yeah,
2: He's yeah. Uh, I tried to get a shirt. He told me. He told me he promised his grandmother. A bunch of guys on that team told me they promised their grandmother. By the way, that was like the excuse they all used to let me down Any easy. Grandmothers? Do you
1: have? <laughs> yeah. I
2: was like all of you guys. It's grandmother day at the at the old pitch. Uh, <laughs> I, I swear to you, that's not. That's a true story. Multiple of them said they promised their grandma, uh, and I was like, okay, you can't argue that, right? It's like they must have been told like just tell him it's for your grandma Uh, (laughs) um but i remember getting to like the 60th 70th and you have these long windows especially spain scores early in this game you have these long spells where spain will stretch you out and just go side to side side to side and at that time they had um what's his name that um uh that was uh at Villarreal, the holding midfielder um brazilian born um spanish um i'm i'm yeah i'm blanking on i'm blanking
1: too but keep going Um,
2: yeah, So and, and so good in possession with these guys that you, by the end of the game, you are so mentally exhausted because of the way that they stretch you out. And so, you know, not to make a, a- Yes, Marco Senna, there we go. Um, not to make a, a long story even, even longer, but like you get to that point and your mind just goes, oh, I'm going to kick somebody or I'm going to step out of position or I'm going to overcommit. To have that discipline, to keep on going and, and, and to buy into that when a team is just literally wearing you down with possession, you know, that's, that's a lot on a team. And, and to come off of, a, a, again, a France, a France game where you already hit the wall uh, physically, I just think it's a really impressive performance for, for, for Switzerland. And definitely, um, I guess, my, my surprising team of the tournament. I mean, I thought that they would do okay, but to, but to even go to this point and not to be degrading, like, oh, look how far they came. But I actually mean that, like, really impressive performance as a team and as a group.
1: No, absolutely right. And listen, hats off to Spain there in the semifinals. And to be honest with you, at the beginning of this tournament, not many, I mean, they you know, Spain's a good team, but they thought... You know, struggles uh, as of late uh, With Luis Enrique The first two games were a perfect blueprint for that They were doing the possession thing But they weren't scoring enough You know, uh, drawing against Poland Obviously relying on Lewandowski, etc So it wasn't like that impressive But they really have turned it on Ever since, of course, you know Scoring, what, 10 goals in the past two games Before this one And now beating um, Switzerland in penalty So you you have to commend them for that Um, You know, uh, Luis Enrique said it at the end, listen, not many people realize that, but we were one of those teams that we go through adversity a lot. Uh, and we've had to face this uh, a Spain side with no real Madrid player, Sergio Ramos, not in the squad. He, he's a major leader there. No uh, PK as well. You know, this is a transitional Spain and they're in the semifinals. It's, it's a big deal.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we, we'll get to the, the Belgium game where you're talking about a golden generation, right. Of Belgium. Spain, there's never a window where they're like, we're going to go through rebuilding Spain, right? The Spanish national team. There's never that window because you're expected because of the institutions of Real Madrid and Barcelona to always have this pipeline of being one, two, three, four, five in the world, right? And competing for a trophy every single time. And they're going through that generational shift now, right? You're also seeing the difference of, La Masia not being what it once was for Spanish players. You're seeing a lot more Spanish players going abroad than they than they once were uh, with regard to the national team. And so I think there's a generational shift that's bigger than just old old players going out and new players coming in that that they're going through. and to reach a semifinal, I think is really uh commendable and 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 difficult it's it's really it, there's no easy way through through these games. and so yeah. Big up to Luis Enrique and, and and keeping this squad motivated because again, it's a game of moments. It's moments. It's not like they played everyone off the pitch or, or whatever. They could easily have been out, but they they continue to go through and these are, these are building moments to go on where now they have this actual belief. We're like, oh, maybe we are favorites. Maybe yeah. we should win. Maybe we should reach a final because we're Spain. Um, so yeah, huge moment uh, for them today.
1: Uh, very good point. A game of moments, especially in knockout competitions where those moments are so, so important. Uh, so well done, Spain. And they will face the winner of this game we're about to talk to as Belgium faced Italy. It was clearly the headliner of the quarterfinal stages. And Italy, Italy, Heath Pearce, 32 matches unbeaten. They beat Belgium. for It opened up with a Nico Varela beauty In the 31st minute and then Lorenzo Insigne basically said hold my beer and scored another great goal right before the break and then Lukaku scores a penalty as uh, Doku was an absolute nightmare uh, for Italy but it wasn't enough Italy held on and Roberto Mancini's side. I gotta tell you Heath Pierce, you know we've we've, uh, grown up with this game we've seen a lot of Italian sides even in the 90s when they were hot and everything I have never seen an Italian side like this they're tremendous.
2: I haven't used the word swag in since <laughs> since it stopped being cool about 10 years ago. But if I were to put like a Bring word that that d- defined this group, they it is different, right? There was this like, you know, blue collar, you know, put on your hard hat type of Italian mentality before. That was part stereotype, but also pragmatism that that worked. There was there was results that came out of just not making mistakes. This team looks way more exciting way more motivated, way more creative going forward. It feels like there's just a, some, some life within this squad in terms of risk takers and being a little more fearless. And then you still have, you know, your, 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 uh, Chilini, Bonucci's your, your older players that I think are uh, hugely important to the squad and having that mix of, of kind of that exu- youthful exuberance and, and, um, experience, but they just, it's just like this you you feel this momentum when they have the ball you feel this excitement when they have the ball with with ideas you see the that sort of italian passion and energy but it's translating in a different way you know when it used to be you'd see one guy fly into a challenge he gets beat the next guy fly into a challenge beats him and there's the next player kicking him and they're in each other's faces and if you can match that which will never go away because that is in the dna of, of the italian national team with the freedom of creativity that I'm seeing, at least from this, this current squad or in this tournament, um, it's, tough to, it's tough to see them being beat by somebody um, because th- they can default back to something that's already really well-established, and that's being a strong foundation, great defensively, get behind the ball. But when they have the ball, also, it's, it's almost like the, they're, they're make, the making of like a, a perfect squad, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. It's, it's, you know, Roberto Mancini, you can tell that he used to manage Man City. There is a a real clear identity in some of the things of Roberto Mancini's Man City, where the moment you lose the ball, they, they do everything they can to get it back. They're very quick going forward. They're unafraid of trying different things. And then when you have it, it's a complete package of a squad. You mentioned Bonucci and Chiellini at the back leading the line so well, Donnarumma, uh, obviously, arguably one of the best, if not the best goalkeeper in the world. And then you still have so much talent where, you know, who do I put in? Locatelli, Marco Verratti. And then you have Insignia on one side. And, you know, Chiesa started today. It's just they're a complete package. And 32 matches unbeaten is absolutely remarkable. Uh, I don't care who they are. My biggest question for Italy before this game before they even drew against Belgium was, okay, we've seen what you've done in the group stages. You kind of struggled a little bit against Austria. What are you going to do against a major contender with all due respect to all the teams that you previously played? And, well, you've proven it today, beating the FIFA number one-ranked team in the world, uh, the golden generation of Belgium, granted no aid and hazard, but still, you know, Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, et cetera. Tremendous, tremendous. And now Italy are in the semifinals and they'll face spain what, what what a semifinal final on that one
2: yeah it's I, I think you said it really well about this uh, italian team uh, what's the record by the way of unbeaten matches in internet Is, does spain still hold that it was like 30 30 something i know that we 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 in the in the um confeds cup semi-final beat spain to break whatever that record i think it was like 39 or 34 or 39 or something like that so i'm assuming they're inching on that and i think that was the the world record at least at that point uh, yeah, we're some. gonna have
1: to hit us up yeah. uh, audience if you know. but in terms of Italy's their own record, I believe. I mean thirty uh, there was a 30 match in the 30s and 40s, but did they totally destroy that already. It's unbelievable uh, what they're doing. Uh, a tremendous, yeah. tremendous performance.
2: And it seems like you know when you, when you look at those numbers, you're like, well yeah, uh, you know, uh, the stats are for the birds type of thing, you know but like that there is a belief in confidence. The one time in my life that I was on a streak like that, was in a was in a league, and we were 17 games unbeaten, right? But that's what we, or I think we ended up at 17 games unbeaten. Yeah. When you get to like around 10, right? And the national team's different because it's it's kind of start, stop, start, stop. Uh, when you get to like 10, you start to believe that every game is yours. You start to believe that like, oh, we're down 1-0 in the 88th or 89th. Don't worry. We're still in it, you know? Because when you look at this, when you look at the history of how they've gotten those results, there's going to be a lot of those games where they came from behind. They, they stayed ahead, they grinded out results, they gave up chances at the end and they still got results. It's, it's all those things that you, you continue to believe that no matter what, even if you're down two goals, three goals, whatever it is, that you're still in a game. And, and, and that's when that record starts to come back to life. So you go into a semifinal, you give up a couple against Spain who are definitely capable of scoring goals. That's where that, 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 that streak or that record starts to kind of almost subconsciously tap, you tap into and within the team to say, hey, we're still we're still in this. Look at this record. Like we, we are continuously in games, whether it's by luck or by whatever. Um, and so I think that that that's going to play or manifest itself in, in a in a in a in a way in this tournament. And it could be in a semi or it could be in a final.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the only uh, opponent in the way of Italy right now is Italy themselves. That's how good they are right now. And they'll be facing Spain very quickly. Give me your quickly just reaction to that game. What, what do you think is going to happen in that one? You can even give me a score prediction.
2: I'm going to go with two, one, uh, for Italy in that, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I think, I think Italy will do the same thing as, as they've done today. Uh, and they've just got enough quality of, of players to, to create moments for them and score goals, like incredible goals. And yeah. so I just don't see, you know, Spain who I do think will give up chances. I, they could, they, they have enough quality as well, but I, I just don't see how Italy could after learning from an Austria and then, you know, obviously against the, the number one ranked team uh in the world in belgium there's going to be a new belief that i don't think the spain as we know them now uh can be stopped by the way before we jump too far how good is doku
1: oh i i if everybody if anybody reads my tweets literally as soon as i saw his name in the starting lineup i said doku is going to be a problem for italy it's gonna be a problem and he plays for a what a, a sixth uh place team in belgium
2: yeah, for Ren and and, and came from, from Anderlecht. And I went back and looked at all his stats because I was like, how am I not following this guy every single day of the week? Like, somebody,
1: I, Somebody's going to pick him up, I'm telling you. Yeah,
2: he's ni- I believe he's 19 years old and he only had two goals and three assists in in, in Ligue 1 this year. And then the year before that, I think at Anderlecht, he played a full season and only had like two goals and a couple assists. I could be wrong. That's what the internet told me. But like, I was shocked when I saw him just put an entire team on skates and every time he got it, He was just, you knew he was going to beat the first man. It was just a matter of what his final delivery was or where he ended up. I haven't seen a player like that, whether maybe Obafemi Martins or players like that, that get up into the, get out into the open field and you go, oh my gosh, like, everybody no, it's, right. it's kind of like an on your foot every time he gets the ball it's like an on your feet moment where you're just like everybody hold on and wait because here he goes
1: when uh, when Wilfred Saha turns it on for Crystal Palace and they play like some mid-level team or whatever like he's he's unplayable that's what I thought when I was watching Doku today it was like it was crazy it was crazy but so yeah we are got to keep tracks on him I'll, I'll make sure that I WhatsApp Fabrizio Romano after this and see where he's at hey real quick before we leave everybody before we leave uh, and say goodbye to Heath and uh, I want to look Ahead, quick to uh, Saturday. Give me your thoughts on uh, Denmark, Chet Republic.
0: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative, and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today
2: well i got to keep riding for denmark I, I this is this is the the story we don't even have to say why uh also because you know my a family a close family friend um was was dealing with Ericsson um in denmark um, oh, wow! in the hospital and, and having played in Denmark and having lived in Copenhagen, having played one of my first matches at, at Parkin, uh, where FC Copenhagen plays and where the national, the national stadium is, I just got to keep going for, for, for Denmark as a fan, but also in just a momentum standpoint, like I just. They just seem to have this young desire that's kind of like we got nothing to lose. Let's go! Um, yeah. And and to come back from losing your first game in the worst of conditions and situ- situations and circumstances to now find themselves uh, in this match, I, I got to go with them. What what's your thought?
1: No, I-, I agree. The the emotional mountain that they've had to climb since Ericsson's, uh tragic uh, moments there. Th- thank goodness uh, that he's that he's all right. Um, just catapulted itself into this uh, adrenaline for all of them, and Kasper Schmeichel has said it, we're going to win this tournament for Kristin Eriksson, and I'm telling you, like, it's not complete craziness to say it anymore. Like, you you never know. But do not underestimate Czech Republic. Patrick Schick, absolutely on form right now. Uh, You know, only behind, I believe, what, Lukaku and Ronaldo? And Mr. Rongo, of course, as well. Uh, yeah, that,
2: by the way, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you officially about that. That was that was great. It, the guy looked similar to you, but uh, you I know, know, he was
1: good. He very he handsome man. Very handsome,
2: handsome. man. <laughs> super talented. Super talented as well. As well, scoring in in in, uh, in in big competitions. So
1: I know he scored today as well. He's got ten now. Wow. He's got ten goals. Incredible. Um, but no. Anyway, the point is, do not underestimate the Czech Republic. All right. Very quick on England, Ukraine. Is it coming home? He appears.
2: Well, it can't come home if we're gonna go with then if we're gonna follow Casper Schmeichel well, in a way I'm not through him, I'm, sort of in I'm, a way. I'm
1: not fully behind Casper, but I'm not completely disregarding it. What What do you think about England Ukraine?
2: Yeah, I think I think England beats Ukraine. Ukraine again, are very talented squad, but England again have this like. It's it's when we look at English players. We expect them all to be the best player on the field and stars because they play in the biggest league or competition for the biggest teams in the world. But when you, when the the England squad is quietly going about their business, which I think is great. I expected Harry Kane to be the golden boot in this, in this tournament. Nah, it doesn't matter. But Raheem Sterling is pulling his weight and the team just seems like, again, there's something about that squad where they're totally, they've kind of just embraced this idea of like, we can do it ugly, we can do it pretty, but we're going to stay in these games. And we're going to take it, take our moments. And I think that is an identity that's worthwhile as opposed to being like, we're England. We got to play teams off the pitch and we got to win three nil. Cause we've got the best strikers in the world and all those types of things. So I, I find them as another opponent. That's, that's not going to give up a whole lot. And if you give any of the, the, the quality of that, they have half chances, you know, they're going to put one away and, and, and finish you.
1: Yeah, just the one thing to add to England, they haven't conceded a single goal in this tournament yet. So no matter where you look at their performances in Euro 2020, you uh, the, the trust needs to be 100% behind Gareth Southgate. They, they haven't lost, and they haven't conceded a single goal. That's
2: Do you think that they can win this thing?
1: I mean, listen, just like you uh, talk about, you know, um, you know, I'm Peruvian, but I grew up in England. I have a very soft spot for England. My sister, you know, basically when we left Peru, she was only five. So she feels in many ways more English than Peruvian. You know, I have family that's English. I, I, grew, I grew up during that Euro 96 time. So I have a very soft. So the um, the heart goes over the head sometimes. I, I, They can definitely, the final, 100%, they can do it. They face Italy, then, <laughs> then it becomes a, a very intriguing final.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't grow up during the Euro '92 era, but as soon as I got to Denmark, they ingrained that inside of you uh, of of uh, just the importance of uh, the Euros. Dude,
1: it was remark. It was a remarkable time. I was in high school, and uh, the entire country stood still. And obviously, the song and everything. And Paul Gascoigne. Uh, that's why Jay Grealish really mirrors those Paul Gascoigne moments. It's like you said, when you watch an England team, every player in that starting eleven is a star in their own right. They're coming mainly from the Premier League, etc. cetera. Paul Gascoigne gave you something magical, something that you can't really teach. You, you don't learn it on the pitch. It's just, it's a, it's a God-given talent. That's Jack Grealish. And he, he you know, that, that to me is just another example of, of how England have that extra. Raheem Sterling, tremendous, right? Harry Kane, he can do his thing. I think Harry Maguire has been excellent. Calvin Phillips. Jagrilish is a special talent. And when you add that extra magic, anything is possible, I think.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the, it's, it's funny from a, where, where, what club do you think he would be the perfect fit at? What, with his style of play at a club? Are not you really ha- at cur- Not the club he's currently, it just can't. I know, Luis, it can't forever be like this. It, it, it can't forever. Can it be forever like this?
1: Listen, he's been there since he was. You can't ask me that. I'm a lifelong Villa fan.
2: Okay, Villa has to figure like okay, cash in. You know, at a certain point, you know. Okay. And, and
1: listen, okay, the thing is, <laughs> I, I don't even think I can answer this, but I'm telling you something. If he were ever to leave, I just I don't want it to be for a Premier League side. Just go somewhere else abroad, please. Just go to Italy. Go to Spain. Just please don't stay in the Premier League because that will be too much. When I was when I, when I was young, I suffered the same problem, Heath, with Dwight York when he left Aston Villa from Manchester United. It absolutely killed me. I didn't talk to anybody for two weeks. I was a mute. I was so in pain. And if Grealish leaves, it's going to be worse. And I'm a grown-ass man. I can't do that anymore. But to your point, listen, I just think that he's, he's the type of player that wherever you put him, here's the thing. If he goes to, the thing is, here's the thing.
2: Just say it. What's the thing? Tell me. Okay. okay. You're you're trying to uh,
1: separate your he love. Needs to be, he needs to be the star of wherever he is. And so I think the problem is if like all these people are saying no, if Man City fans, like you know, you're gonna have to get rid of what? Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, Riyadh Maris. There's a lot of traffic there. He needs to be the star. He literally stops the flow of the game and moves it in accordance to whatever he wants. I, that's not city. That's city. You know what I mean. So yeah. Uh, but he's not going anywhere, man. So please be quiet. Okay. That's
2: fair. I didn't mean. I didn't mean <laughs> to put you into an emotional state. At you know. Uh, you like you, per- Chelsea?
1: Where would you put Pulisic?
2: If if if,
1: if he if, left Chelsea, do you like him for Chelsea? Because Tuchel's Chelsea is fine, but they can be a little bit boring, don't you think? Sorry. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I could see him at a, maybe a Bayern or or I, I just it's it's hard. To, Polisic, I just don't know because I'm I'm the same as everybody. Like I see moments of brilliance, but like you're talking about a a Graylish that's just a lot more consistent over and over and over again with the levels of talent um that he has. Where like Polisic, I'm just like
1: Yeah. What,
2: what spot on the field does he play? Is he on the left side or right side? Is he right, playing right, on the right. strikers? Is he is he, you know, what's the system? And I think there's just so much that goes into it, like you said, where Gla could can just Literally the game is like, no, no, wherever he is, is what the system is. You know, wherever he gets the ball or however the team needs to build around him is how you have to build. He is the star. um,
1: Honestly, it's, it's, I know people are going to be like, what are you talking about? But it's very Francesco Totti. It's very Lionel Messi. Honestly, like I'm not saying he's Lionel, can everybody stop? I'm just saying that everything, imagine if there were proverbial arrows all pointing to one player, it's him. He's yeah, that yeah. I've watched this kid since he was like first ever introduced to the professional game. He's that incredible. I, I the, it's amazing.
2: By the way, I would say, and, and this is what's interesting about, again, the England side is that mm. they have so many stars, Yeah, but the way they're playing right now, And this is a gray area. This is a very thin line between like selfish and, and boring and sad and getting results. But right now there's this motivation of getting results, despite not having everybody be a star. And I think there's a real value in that. And I think when England came back from the last world cup and they revitalized and regalvanized the fan base in England, and it wasn't club over country and it wasn't all the fans hate the national team players and all these things, they've sort of rebuilt their image into being a little more of a workman and yeah. a little more blue collar and a little more like, we're, we're gonna show you passion and fight for our country. And it doesn't always have to be uh, the same thing that you see on the weekend from us with our club teams. We are, we are representing the crest and, and that is a value. And that means at a minimum, we're gonna give our best effort. And I think that, again, when you add that to the, the abilities that they actually have, it makes them it hard to write off ever.
1: Who deserves credit for that?
2: Man, I, I, think, I think a lot of this new generation of players do um because they've been outwardly facing towards the fans if you remember a lot of their campaigns that they did before the last world cup they were basically trying to bring the fan base back in by saying hey we're humans we're normal people like you tweet at me i cry like when you attack me i cry because i'm a person and like they did this humanizing thing through the fa that i thought rallied a lot of people around them to take the edge off of like oh, you don't care about the national team because look at the way you play for the national team. You only care about your club and your 300 grand a week and, you know, all those things. I think it tore down a lot of those walls of separation between club and country and also, you know, this stardom and, and started to rebuild that fan base. Again, that's only the relationship with, I think, the media and the fans that the players took control of that. But I think the, you know, who would you give the credit to in this context of, of sort of rebuilding, you um, you know, because, again, they, they had this unnecessary pressure of all these players playing at the biggest clubs. Therefore, you go into a national team and your best 11 are supposed to somehow come together and be world-class.
1: Yeah, you make a really good point about the humanization of things and because of the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement and the fights, uh, you know, for social justice, all those things come together. Uh, I didn't think about it like that. It's a very good point. I think Gareth I think Southgate deserves a lot because he's the type of manager that understands everything that you just said. If anybody read that piece he wrote for the Players' Tribune, it kind of uh, exemplifies all those points. So it's a big deal, but you know, it's a big moment. It's a big moment for England and uh, you know, they should, with all due respect to Ukrainian fans, they should beat Ukraine and really make it to the semifinals. I think after beating, I think we talked about it uh, with Jimmy and before, after you beat Germany in a major tournament, in a knockout stages for the first time since 1966, it would be disastrous if now you lose to Ukraine like you know you need to now make it count you know get there i was with james bench i believe we were talking about that so so yeah we will see is it coming home heath do you, they're getting to the final do that what you think do you think they'll beat denmark if, if denmark get there as well that's yeah that's a tough one right that's a tough one
2: it is a tough one uh, th- cuz you have you have this um current momentum of denmark right And then you have this historic pain of, of, of England. And I think those are both equally weighted that it's hard to say which way the game goes to, I mean, obviously on, on, on paper, you go with England every time, but Denmark obviously has this, this, uh, belief, uh, at the moment. And, and so, yeah, but I, I, I put England in the final. I just think that there's enough experience in that team that, that, that they win it.
1: Interesting indeed. And this year 2020 has delivered in more ways than one. Heath Piers will return next week because we're going to do a bunch of other things, including our Gold Cup preview and so much more. HP, final thoughts before we say goodbye
2: honestly thanks for having me again man this is this was fun i'm sorry i, I missed I made you, you man i made you run it long i'm just like we're having a catch-up conversation you know with so much to talk about over the last couple of weeks but
1: no, i don't even care yeah hey, come on man you're my brother you know you know i miss you we had so much fun in denver uh you don't even know people we had so much fun away from the cameras you don't even know we're gonna make it yeah. happen again
2: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah let's do it
1: hp thanks man thanks for having me everybody I want to thank heath pierce for joining me today don't forget to follow us on twitter que lasso Pod. listen to us on apple podcast spotify stitcher we're on youtube youtube.com forward slash lasso we're also on cbs sports and use cbs sports app as well have a great weekend enjoy the games be good to each other be kind and keep on listening and watching thanks very much
0: The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. bring you to the
1: show. Opportunity. Everybody get
0: down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's
2: job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.